This is Live Well Talk on why is chronic pain so difficult to treat. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at United Point Health, St. Luke's Hospital. Returning to the podcast today is Dr. Benjamin Tallman, a pain psychologist with St. Luke's Rehabilitation and Pain Center, to discuss why chronic pain can be difficult to treat and how St. Luke's Rehabilitation and Pain Center is taking a different approach to treating patients with chronic pain. Dr. Tallman, welcome. Good to be back. Welcome back. Thank actually. you. Yeah, good to be back. It's been a couple of years, so yeah. nice to see you. you, you chronic any chronic disease is difficult to treat because you have to separate the person from the disease or vice versa. But I think chronic pain is one that is beyond the normal difficulty from my perspective. And I want, I can't wait to hear your perspective on this because one hard to measure, can't see it. And two, we've had the, stigmata of opioid addiction and opioid dependence, uh, which nobody signed up for that, right? No, you know, absolutely. nobody said, oh, I'm going to get to opioids. That'll be my hobby. Um, and it just makes it all the harder. And that's why I'm really interested in hearing your perspective on these issues today. So wh- why is chronic pain difficult to treat? Yeah. And I, you know, you've touched on a, a couple of those, those pieces, but um, I'm going to start more kind of systemically you know, how we treat chronic pain and why, you know, as a, a system, as a culture, we, we oftentimes fail. And we often fail because we treat chronic pain as if it's acute pain. You know, when you experience acute pain, that's pain that's typically you're experiencing zero to three months. Maybe you've got a, you know, an ankle injury or you've had a knee surgery. There's some type of inflammation or tissue damage. But in those acute situations, the, the tissue heals, the inflammation goes away, and the pain goes away. So in those types of situations, um, pain is, a, is productive and helpful because it tells that there's something wrong. Now, we treat acute pain and chronic pain very, very similarly, and that's one of the reasons why we get in this mess, or this mess that we're in. You've mentioned kind of opioid uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, p- pandemic or uh, uh, epidemic. Um and that's because we focus on pain severity. Uh, we've trained our hospital staff. We've trained health workers across the country. We've trained our patients very, very well to give us a number about their pain. And, you know, people aren't numbers. Pain are numbers. Chronic pain is much, much more complex than that. So when I think about chronic pain, I think about a disorder that is really uh, about the brain not communicating effectively with, with the body. And unfortunately, um, when you think about pain as just a number or when we focus on trying to get rid of pain severity, it really does not capture the tremendous complexities of chronic, of chronic pain or chronic health conditions. Um, and I think that's, you know, that lends itself to when we think about treating chronic pain, we're focused on getting rid of the pain. Now, I am not uh, averse to get rid of, getting rid of pain. Uh, that that's, that's is an important treatment goal, but for chronic pain and some of that's had pain for one, two, three, five, twenty-five years, pain elimination is probably not going to happen. Right? Pain is a part of our, uh, you know, our human functioning. It's just a part of who we are. But again, our treatment goal is oftentimes let's get rid of the pain completely. So what it does is it, it sets up the, the patient for failure because they're still going to have pain and then they're going to be upset with the provider and it sets the provider up for failure. So 
in chronic pain management, you know, getting rid of pain is not my goal. If I can give some skills and some tools to help mitigate pain severity or decrease pain severity, I want to. But really, it's about how can we help the patient have a different perspective about their pain? How can we change thinking patterns, behavioral patterns, and emotional patterns? Um, so chronic pain really needs a different perspective uh, and not just a different perspective. We need a different paradigm. And that's why so many you know, uh, patients, providers, our healthcare system, our culture struggles because we think chronic pain is acute pain and chronic pain is a completely different condition that's way more complex than just my pain severity. That's a interesting perspective. Yeah, I, and it's an individual process too. You know, I think someone, like, let's just pick a asthma. You know, you have the global initiative on asthma. You say, okay, you are Gina class three. We're going to add a steroid inhaler and we're going to monitor breakthroughs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and here's what the PFTs show. Well, it's chronic disease and it's pretty easily managed and from that standpoint. They're, you know, don't get me wrong, they're difficult cases, but for the most part. Where a chronic pain is so, like a pet peeve I have, I have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And most of them are just would, if I shared with listeners all my pet peeves, they'd think I was really uh, on a DSM like seven <laughs> diagnosis of some sort. But one of them is when patients say, I have a high or low pain tolerance. Yeah. I always say, no, you have your pain tolerance. Correct, correct, correct. It's not high or low. It's yeah. just you. It doesn't It's not judgmental, you know. So, but what, what, how does the brain change with chronic pain? Yeah, great, uh, great question. You know, when we think about, um, you know, I'm from Iowa. I'm from a little small farming community in Northeast Iowa. So I'm going to use my cows in a pasture metaphor that I oftentimes give my, my patients. I can follow along with that. Yeah. So, 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 you know, you're, you've got a a herd of cows that's going to be milked and, and each day they go out to the pasture and they're out and they're grazing and they come in at a certain time to get milked and they go back out. And each day that they come in out, they go typically on the same trail. And, you know, if you're in a farming community and you, you've seen cows and pastures and you've seen some of these trails or these pastures that have been used for years, many of these trails are, are, are deep. You know, there are significant ruts and sometimes feet down. Now, when somebody experiences chronic pain for an extended period of time, years, their brain changes. And so the, the, neuro, the pain neural matrix, we have a number of brain areas that tell the body what to experience. So we, we feel pain in our hip and our feet and our back and our you know, buttocks, wherever, but it's the brain that's processing the pain, the brain and the spinal cord. And when individuals experience pain for a significant amount of time, um, oftentimes these areas of the brain, they, can, they, they begin to fire and they fire consistently or, or individuals experience what we call something called central pain. And it's analogous to, you know, plugging in a cord uh, to the, the wall and snipping that cord. And you have these pain receptors or these brain areas that are highly sensitive or sensitized. And that essentially changes the wiring of the brain. That's why, you know, if you treat that chronic condition that really now is a, a change that's happened in somebody's brain with medicines or other things, you're never going to get to the issue. So part of the you know, the treatment um, 
because we see these these neurologic changes in the the pain constellation of the pain neural matrix is helping people to retrain their brain and, and in many cases and again this is my you know my opinion and I think the research some research would support of that when we give patients you know medications or other things um, down the road and again I'm not against medicines I'm not against injections many of my colleagues that is their their go-to treatment modality, but it's often what we rely on too much. So, but if we're giving medicines, uh, we're giving injections when we really need to be helping people understand how to change thinking patterns, behavioral patterns, emotional patterns, engaging in the types of uh, you know evidence-based treatments that we have like cognitive behavioral therapy and clinical hypnosis, physical therapy, aqua therapy starting to break these pa- these pathways, that's really the way to treat chronic pain. So it's, it's, again, going back to the old cow metaphor, instead of those cows going out to the same pasture, which is a part of the brain, we have to send them to a different pasture. The pathway is always going to be there, right? The, you know, the, the pathway in that pasture is always going to be there, but we need to trigger other parts of the brain. Um, so, to, to essentially break that pathway. And there's lots of different ways to do that. Um, yeah, there's there's lots of different ways to be able to do that. To do that. Well, it's, you know, that goes back a couple of years ago. We had a podcast and Dr. Matthew and I were talking about, and I was saying how, well, you know, pain really is just the shift of sodium cation and potassium cation across a ionized membrane that causes a neurological impulse. There's nothing more than that. Correct. You know, um, but you need to have pain, the perception of pain, to right to to live. I mean, I can't. It's on one of the mystery diagnoses. If I love that television show, uh, but were the kids born without pain receptors? Yes. You know, and and is life threatening because they'll stick their hand on the stove Very and dangerous. get get Extremely significant dangerous. burns. You know, etc. So it uh, so we need it, and that makes sense to try to adapt to the situation. Um, I, I mean, it's just seldom do you meet a person with chronic pain that's happy and joyful. Um, it's a tremendous burden on them. H- how do you approach that? How do you individualize that? I mean, because I, I know that you don't treat all the patients the same, Correct. right? So h- how do you start that process of individualization when you meet with these patients? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think is really exciting about what St. Luke's and the Unity Point Rehab and Pain Center is doing is really we're not treating pain, we're treating the person. And, and there is a difference, right? You kind of alluded to this. We can we can treat the diagnosis, but really we need to treat the person first and foremost. And when you look at all the the literature on chronic pain and you look at the, the you know, the, the most recent uh, various pain management guidelines, the gold standard treatment is a multidisciplinary, multimodal approach. So it is not just psychology. It's not just medicine. Um, it's a number of different disciplines that are working together and really helping to treat all these different factors. And we call them biopsychosocial factors. So biological factors like sleep or stress that can influence the experience of pain, psychological factors, which I've alluded to, like thinking patterns, emotional patterns, um, and then other social factors, environmental factors. So one of the, the, the unique lens that we're taking at the Rehab and Pain Center 
is really treating pain from that multidisciplinary approach through four pillars. One is mind-body interventions, and those are the types of things that um, I help patients with, cognitive behavioral therapy, clinical hypnosis, meditation. You have the restorative approaches, uh, and these are my colleagues in physical therapy, occupational therapy, modalities like aqua therapy, etc. Um, you have alternative and complementary approaches, yoga, tai chi, dry needling, chiropractic, some of those interventions we're able to provide at St. Luke's, sometimes we have to refer out to those. And then the last one, which you know, we're most, most people are familiar with, is the biomedical approaches. Uh, and those include medications, injection therapies, et cetera. So it's not just one of those you know, treatments, but really it's creating an individualized plan for the individual. Again, as you've alluded to, pain is unique. It's unique to the experience. I could have, you know, I do group treatments and I could have eight people in the room, all with different pain conditions, and really maybe some of them have the same condition, but the manifestation of pain is very, very different based on cultural factors, upbringing, levels of anxiety and depression. Do they have a history of trauma, substance use? So you have all of these different psychosocial factors that, that influence the experience of pain. And I call it an experience because it is an experience. As you noted, if you just look at nociception, it's the processing of a pain receptor opening and then communicating that area with the brain. Acute pain. But again, when we think about chronic pain and how individualized it is based on where you're at in the world and all these other factors, oftentimes it's a top-down approach. It's the approach or the pain starts with the brain and moves out to the body uh, because of triggering, again, thinking patterns, behavior patterns, etc. So, Really, the unique thing that we're doing at the Rehab and Pain Center is taking that holistic approach, treating the person from these various treatment modalities, and really getting on the same page. You know, uh, the, one of the biggest uh, qualms that my patients talk about is, you know, one provider doesn't know what they're talking about, or I get this feedback from somebody else. One of the biggest challenges, I don't think, think this is just in pain management, but in healthcare in general, is getting on the same page and using the same language. And I think for any chronic health condition, being able to talk about the connection between the mind and the body, how these biopsychosocial factors influence the experience of pain, and then creating an individualized plan for the patients uh, to be able to, to you know, treat their pain for that individual. And we're doing that by having psychology under one roof, uh, my, med- my medicine colleagues under one roof. We're having conversations about bringing a physical therapist or a physical therapy or occupational therapy team in and also being able to consult and treat where everybody is not just co-located, but we're really integrated. So these are all pieces that we're working on. And I think by the time we're, you know, we're finished with this, um, we've had conversations with some of our community partners at UniPoint Clinics and getting some feedback from them about, you know, how it would be helpful. We really want to be able to own pain. And I say own pain is if you were to go to you know, chronic pain is, a, is one of the, the, the top, level, top reasons why somebody goes to their primary care doctor. We want to be able to take that burden off for some of our primary our care colleagues and be able to treat that with the gold standard treatment, which is a multidisciplinary, multimodal approach from a team of providers, not just one provider, and really focusing on the person and not just the pain. The pain is one part of their identity, but when they have chronic pain, Oftentimes, it, they become their pain. Yeah. We want to help yeah. people to, to understand that 
they're still a person and pain is just one part of their human experience. Yeah. I, and I have said this before that the, the difficult patients for me always were the patients that were very, very active. They weren't couch potatoes. They got late in their life and really start, it, they get old, you know, but they went, we all do, but they went from high energy farming or construction to significant, you know, cause they just get to the point where the body wears out where the couch potato is like, Oh, I did everything. I'm doing everything now that I did when I was 50. Yeah. Sure. Cause you sat around and watched TV when you're 50, you know? So it, it, those are tough patients to take care of because of that. But, you know, I mean, we just started talking about the social determinants of healthcare within the last 10 years. More so prior to the pandemic, fell off a little bit during the pandemic, starting to come back again. You know, and I've always understood that you can't treat every patient as a 70 kilogram male that lives in the same zip code and has the same resources and the same IQ mm-hmm. as all the other patients, right? Because that's just not accurate. And so I think that individualized, multidisciplinary team approach uh, is is the way we should do a lot of things in healthcare. You know, I think it can't be siloed anymore like it was. Uh, And historically, I'll get the dates wrong on this, so I won't give them, but maybe a listener will probably correct it. But, you know, one time they, when the Mayo brothers were forming the Mayo Clinic, part of the there was literally laws on the books that prevented physicians from being in a group. It had to be solo practices, you know. Um, it's wild. It, so, I mean, we've come a long way to where, like, no, you need to be in a group, you know. And Dr. Plummer up there at Mayo invented the uh, shared medical record that, you know, you had just one record for each patient rather than each record that differently, you know, which is really hard to imagine at this time. But... So how does a patient, because I know there are people listening, chronic pain is very common. Um, How do they get in touch with the the pain clinic to to see and get a visit? Take me through that. Yeah. And we'd love to, we feel like we are treating a fraction of the people in our community that have chronic pain. And I think there's a lot of people that have, have received treatment and they've, been told that it's a, a, a team approach or a multidisciplinary approach. And, and it's possible that it hasn't been because there just aren't many programs like this um, that I'm aware of. And I know I'm pretty, pretty familiar with the programs that are, are being, uh, that are established for chronic pain management. So first and foremost, if you've had chronic pain and you think that, you know, you've, you've had all the treatments, you, ha- you haven't. Because I can, I can tell you that the, the approach that we use is really different than what you've, what you've had before. Um, the best way is to, you can talk to your primary care doctor. Uh, they can put in a consult to our clinic. Or you can call 319-368-5992 and set up a consultation session. I do 30-minute consultation sessions with folks where really... Uh, I'm collecting some information about some of these biopsychosocial factors and some of the background characteristics, and then really giving you know some more information about the the patients that are going to go through our program um, and what that would look like. It's all group based, and people think, well, groups. I don't want anything to do with the group. Um, there is a tremendous amount of power 
in being around other people who are experiencing the same type of, uh, of pain experiences that you are. Many of my patients, they don't feel connected. They don't feel heard. They don't feel like uh, they're understood well. So I, I do groups for, uh, to help them so they feel understood because they've got other people. And there's so many patients to treat. It's really a population-based care model. Then you're not having to wait a month or two to get in. Typically, I can get people in in a couple of weeks or sometimes a month at the latest. Um, but we'd love to evaluate you if you've been treated for many years and you've had chronic pain. There are other uh, treatments. There are other approaches. And again, I can almost guarantee you that from a, the psychological standpoint and what we're doing, most people have not had the approach that we're, that, uh, that, that we're providing. They, they just haven't. Um, you know, we have a program that lasts about six months, at least the psychological part of that. And now we're going to be talking about that in another podcast, um, but would love the opportunity to evaluate uh, folks and uh, to really provide more information uh, about our program. Again, there is much more that we can do. And if any provider ever tells you there's, there's nothing more we can do, there's always something more that we can do. And we'd love to be able to, to talk with you in clinic. That's outstanding. What's that number again? Uh, it's 319-368-5992. You talk to one of our uh, fantastic uh, schedulers and administrative assistants, and we'd love to see you. Outstanding. Well, what, I know I've asked you this before, and I know a little bit of the backstory, but what, what what's your passion with chronic pain? Yeah, yeah. I, you, know, you didn't want to be a dairy farmer? No, so you're no, like, no dairy okay, farmer. This is getting up at 4 a.m. is not cool, you know, so... I, I still, I'll go into chronic pain. Yeah, I, I still, uh, uh, you know, enjoy a little, you know, sweat equity and and, and working with the hands. But, um, you know, I got interested in health psychology very early on. Had a a, fan, a couple fantastic mentors in my career, and then uh, you know, as I've as I've aged and reflected on my life, and you know, have you know. You know, early on it was I enjoyed the the the, the biopsychosocial connection, the mind body piece, the neuroscience piece, and then you know sometimes you feel like there's a, a calling. You're called to do this work, and and now it's more of a it's a, a knowing. Um, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? So I, I hopefully the listeners can can understand what that means. But um, you know I'm here to help people to heal from their pain that they experience, and that's physical pain. Or emotional pain. That's that's why I'm on this earth. Um, so uh, I feel very blessed and grateful to be able to do this work. There are many people that are out there that are in pain. Again, physical pain, emotional pain. The brain processes those in similar areas. I take a similar treatment approach to both of those. So it's just very gratifying to be able to work with patients who have been in pain uh, for their entire lives in many cases and help them free themselves from themselves, essentially. So gratifying work. And, and for many patients with chronic pain, um, they're underinsured. Uh, they, they're, they're, they don't have the resources. They may have had, you know, you talked about the stigma early on. So this is a really a population that, yeah. that needs the support it, 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 and, and needs the help. And unfortunately, I think there's a segment of those patients that have been abandoned by the healthcare system Agreed. because of the, the pendulum swinging so against opioids that, you know, we, I, I know more doctors that have limited opioids Absolutely. in their practice than have that continue to prescribe. Absolutely. You know, and that's not the answer either. No. I mean, you know, we can't just, yeah. So that's, this is 
phenomenal information. And, you know, if we uh, touch one person a day and they get some help, it'll be worth uh, every moment. Uh, Dr. Tallman, thank you again for uh, joining me on today's podcast. It's always great to have you on the show. Once again, this is Dr. Benjamin Tallman, pain psychologist with St. Luke's Rehab and Pain Center. To learn more, visit unitypoint.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.